This morning I would ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the New Testament book of Acts. The New Testament book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 27, and we're going to read verses 7 through 14. These will be the verses that form our text uh, today. And then we will as well, as is normally the case, we'll look at some other verses in Acts chapter 27 just for the sake of understanding and context. But Acts chapter 27, verse number 7. In Acts 27, verse 7, the Bible reads, And when we had sailed slowly many days, and uh, scarce were come over against uh, Nidon, uh, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmone, and hardly passing it came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lacia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them, and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with, with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. The title of the message this morning is The Fair Havens. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time of the year where we can think back on the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and Lord, with joy and humbleness and thanksgiving, sing these old hymns that speak about Christ's birth, and Lord, I pray that it isn't, this isn't the only time of the year that we focus on the giving of your Son, uh, but certainly we do, we do focus on it this time of the year. And Lord, as we think today about the passage that is before us, the Fair Havens, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be thankful and give you all praise, honor, and glory for the peace and contentment that we are able to enjoy in this life, and certainly at certain times, more peace, comfort, and joy than others. And Lord, we are thankful for the fair havens. I pray that today you'd speak to our hearts, give us spiritual wisdom and understanding, and teach us what you want us to know, challenge us how you want us to be challenged through the fair havens. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Fair Havens. Luke, the beloved physician, as I'm sure we know, wrote the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the history book of the New Testament. It chronicles the rise of New Testament churches beginning all the way back with the first church that ever existed, the church at Jerusalem. Saul of Tarsus, who became known as Paul the Apostle, emerges as the central figure in the book of Acts. Paul, because of his stand for truth and for Christ and his loyalty for Christ and to Christ, is persecuted time and again throughout the book of Acts. Yet in spite of all of this, 
he is cleared of all charges by Roman leaders Festus and Agrippa. But, because of Paul's prior appeal to Caesar, because Paul was in fact a freeborn Roman citizen, Paul is sent to Rome. Chapter 27 of the book of Acts details Paul's voyage from Caesarea to the capital city of Rome by ship. Now, needless to say, it was a difficult journey and one fraught with danger. Uh, Jim, Tina, and Darlene, I will not sing my rendition of uh, uh, the, uh, what, uh, what's the song that I was singing? What is it? Yeah, the wreck of the Edmund. I'm sorry I was drawing a blank, but I came up with my own lyrics to the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald when we were taking a ferry from, uh, uh, from uh, Mackinac over to uh, the island, Mackinac Island. Uh, so I'll spare you that this morning. But suffice it to say that this was a, this was a difficult journey one fraught with much danger. Now on this journey, Paul and his 275 shipmates wind up, and I say providentially wind up, in this place literally known as the Fair Havens. We see that in verse number 8. And hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens. Now the Fair Havens in the Greek is Kali Limenes, and it literally means goodly port or goodly harbor. What is a haven? A haven is a harbor or port, but it is also known metaphorically as a place of shelter, safety, refuge, or asylum. Fair havens provide us as the Lord's people respite, relief, and safety from the dangerous waters of life. God provides His people fair havens in the rough waters of life. Now what can we learn from Paul's adventures in the fair havens? Well, I want us today to note three lessons that we learn from the fair havens. We're going to cover in these three lessons, verses 7 through 14, but we will also refer to some of the other verses in Acts chapter 27 to gain the context. The first lesson we see covers verses 7 and 8. You must go through difficulty to reach the fair havens. The second lesson we find in verses 9 through 12. Danger awaits you if you become discontented with the fair havens. And then the final lesson in verses 13 and 14 is this. Do not allow deception to allure you away from the fair havens. We see all these lessons in Acts chapter 27, verses 7 through 14. I would encourage you today to focus on the fair havens, the respite, relief, safety, comfort, and enjoyment that the Lord provides you in this life, and to be cognizant and aware of those fair havens that the Lord provides. So we want to talk about three lessons learned from the fair havens. The first lesson, as we mentioned, covers verses 7 through 8. We must go through difficulty to reach the fair havens. Now, how did Paul and others arrive at the fair havens? 
Well, that means that we have to, first of all, investigate the circumstances, the circumstances by which they were, they were brought to the fair havens. <coughs> and I want us to read again verse 7. Notice verse 7. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Nidus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmone. And so, so we see from this verse that there was some, there was some uh, problems that they encountered on this voyage. They had sailed slowly many days. And they were, they were come against uh, these two cities here that are mentioned uh, in Crete because the wind was not suffering them. In, in other words, the wind was contrary to them. The wind was hindering them on their journey. And so, as they are hindered on their journey by the wind, they wind up in the fair havens. Now, this was not the first time in verse 7 that they had been hindered on this journey. Look at verse number 4 of Acts 27. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. I submit to you that on this journey to Rome from Caesarea that Paul was in, he's got 275 shipmates. This has been a difficult journey. It has been a rough journey. The winds were contrary. They come to this place called Fair Havens, which was situated on the southern coast and under Crete. And uh, it was uh, approximately about one and a half miles west of the nearest city. By the time that they had arrived in Fair Havens, they had undergone contrary winds. This was now the second ship that they had been on. And you and I can learn lessons from this. There are circumstances by which we are going to arrive at the Fair Havens. Sometimes the sailing of our ship in this life is going to be slow. We seem to not be getting anywhere that we're trying to go. And opposition is met on every side. The wind literally holds us back. I can remember, and I don't run much anymore at all, uh, but I can remember back when, when all I did for working out was, was run. And I can remember certain locations I've been in, Texas, one of them, where you know you get those planes and nothing is holding back the wind. And it's literally like, you're being held in place as you try to run by the wind. And you're trying to get somewhere fast, and you're going nowhere slow. And sometimes in life, the winds are contrary. And we need these winds to get us to the fair havens. So thinking about the circumstances by which they were at the fair havens, I want us to switch our attention, because we're talking about this first lesson that we learned, that we must go through difficulty to reach the fair havens, I want us to note that our comfort is assured on our journey to the fair havens. In other words, God promises us that there are going to be fair havens for us in our life. Now, it is true that sometimes we feel like we are the most afflicted person on the earth. And everything goes against us. And nothing seems to go our way. And in reality, there are a lot of things that go our way. It seems, con this, the, wind, the wind seems contrary. And we got to get off of this boat and get on this boat. And we seem to be going nowhere rather slowly. Well, I want you to think a bit again about why Paul and his 275 shipmates were at Fair Havens. 
It was because of the contrary winds. The contrary winds led them to arrive at the fair havens. Now you and I can learn from this that yes, it is true. In our time here on this earth, we too will cross rough winds. Life is not going to be all smooth sailing. Now I want to use a passage in the New Testament that illustrates, first of all, that we too will cross rough winds. I'd like for you to turn to the book of Mark, chapter number 4. And notice in Mark, chapter number 4, this account of the disciples out on a ship in the middle of the sea, and notice what they encounter. Mark, chapter number 4, and I want you to see here, verses, uh, we're going to read. begin reading in verse number 35, Mark chapter number 4, verse number 35, down through verse number 38. I may have said verse 36, but I want to take in verse 35 as well. Notice Mark chapter number 4, verse number 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Now stop there for a moment. Why were they passing to the other side? Because it was the Lord's purpose. It was the Lord. He said, let us pass over to the other side. Then notice verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now I want you to notice here, again we've looked at this passage before uh, in previous years and probably multiple times, it's recorded uh, in a number of the different gospel accounts, but I want you to notice that Jesus is literally with them in the ship, they're going at the command of Jesus, and, and what happens? Well it says in verse number 37, a great storm of wind arose. So here come the wind. What can you and I learn from this? That in this life, even as we are accompanied by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, we, like Paul and his shipmates, are going to experience rough winds. And when we experience those rough winds, we oftentimes are not thinking about the fair havens. We're only thinking about the winds. They say, what are you doing sleeping, Lord? Don't you even care about us? Now, come on, have you ever said that? You have. I mean, Lord, don't you see what I'm going through here? Can't, can't, it's not like, it's not, Lord, Lord, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get your assistance to lead an ungodly lifestyle. I'm trying to serve you and honor you. Can I just get some help? And we all, we in essence say, Lord, why are you asleep? Don't you see my situation? You know, couldn't you have stopped the wind? Couldn't you have told me not to get in this boat if you knew the rough wind was going to be here? And Paul was in the middle of this rough wind that led them to the fair havens. And you and I will encounter the same thing. I love that old hymn, Peace Be Still. Peace, peace, be still. Okay, here's the, here's the, here's the first uh, verse of that. Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is o'ershadowed with blackness. No shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep when each moment so madly is threatening a grave in the angry deep? Don't we feel that way? 
Here's Paul with his shipmates trying to make it to Rome. They've had to stop. We didn't read this, but it's in it's in Acts chapter 27 up through verse number 5. They've already had to stop and change ships. They're literally on a ship that's carrying grain going to Rome. And the wind is contrary. And they're trying to get there. And the wind is holding them back such that they are forced to, to land at this place called the Fair Havens. Well, what better place to land at than the goodly port of the Fair Havens? Because not only do we see when we talk about our comfort on our journey to the fair havens being assured, not only do we see that we too will cross rough winds, yet, secondly, Jesus is still in control and commands those winds. I want you to notice in Mark chapter number 4, <coughs> we read down through verse number 38 where the great storm of wind is, is beating against the ship and the waves are beating in the ship and and and. They're in grave danger. And Jesus is asleep. And they go wake Jesus up and say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now let's pick up reading in verse 39 down through the end of the chapter. <clears throat> and he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> is this not great? I mean, here we find that even though we too are going to cross rough winds, just like Paul and his shipmates, just like the disciples... Jesus is going to be with us in the ship and yet the rough winds are going to come and yet Jesus still is in control and commands the winds. He speaks to the sea and the sea obeys Him. Is that not sovereign power? Does that not encourage you this morning as you navigate the sea of life and the winds seemingly aimlessly force you into this haven and this port. Have you ever considered that that haven or port might just be the fair havens? I mentioned that old hymn, Peace Be Still. I read the first, first verse, but now listen to the refrain, or if you will, the chorus. The winds and the waves shall obey thy will. Peace be still. Whether the wrath of the storm-tossed sea or struggles or evil... Whatever it be, no water can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still. Peace be still. Man, listen. That's encouraging. In the midst of life's difficulties and rough winds that causes the sailing of our ship to get off course and we wind up in this haven, hey folks, this could very well be the fair havens. Now because he's in control, you and I can enjoy the fair havens. We can operate with confidence as we navigate the sea of life and endure the rough winds. What did James write about how it is that we're supposed to ask, and he's talking about wisdom of the Lord, but really anything, and what James is saying is, how are we to approach the Lord? Well, as his people in confidence and in faith. Listen to what James wrote in James 
chapter 1, verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. When we don't see the fair havens as the goodly port, we're going to be just that. Like the wind tossed about, like the wave of the sea driven. Could it be that you're not enjoying life because you're bitter about the rough winds and the sea that you are called to navigate and you've never considered that the purpose of that is to guide you safely into the fair havens? I mean, think about it. We here in this building this morning are the blessed of the blessed. Christ died for our sins. Saved us by His grace. The Spirit lives within us. We have the inerrant, infallible Word of God. We have a church to serve the Lord in. We live in the greatest country on the earth in spite of all of its difficulties. We have all been blessed materially. We have friends and family that we can enjoy the company of. We have jobs that I trust by which we are able to support our families. God has blessed us graciously. Let's take time to thank the Lord for the fair havens. George Washington famously said this, Great people are not affected by each puff of wind that blows ill. Like great ships, they sail serenely on in a calm sea or a great tempest. (laughs) Because you know that eventually, in the midst of that, you're going to make your way to the fair havens. So the first lesson that we learn is that we must go through difficulty to reach the fair havens. But the second lesson is this. This is found in verses 9 through 12. Danger awaits if we become discontented with the fair havens. Now, believe it or not, and if you think back on your Christian life, and I I can think back in specific times, believe it or not, we can become discontented with the fair havens. Can you not think back in a time in your life where you were enjoying such peace and calm in the midst of I'm not talking about the circumstances of life. Things could have been falling apart around you, but you were experiencing such peace and comfort and fellowship with the Lord that you said, why would I ever want to leave this? Could I submit to you that you were in the fair havens? And yet, you know what you did? You left the fair havens. Now, there's a sense by which We understand that because of our own humanity and our own flesh nature and the old man that lives within, we can never live permanently at the fair havens. That time is coming when we'll cross the great divide and be in that great haven with the Lord, that haven of rest, if you will. And yet, there are times in our lives where the Lord has led us through the rough winds to the fair havens and we become discontent with the fair havens. We get our eyes on something that we think is better than the fair havens. And you know what? Danger awaits if we become discontented with the fair havens. Now in verses 9 and 10, I want us to see the warning not to leave the fair havens. The warning not to leave the fair havens. Look at verses 9 and 10. Let's read those again in Acts chapter 27. Now, when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous... 
because the last because the fast was now already passed Paul admonished them and said unto them sirs I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the lading and ship but also of our lives so Paul is literally giving a warning that they should not venture out and leave the fair havens now there's a couple of points that we make about why they might have been discontent at the fair havens and you and I should think about this as to why we might we might hear the warning danger danger do not do this and we still are led away to do it look at the delay in verse 9 look at the delay now when much time was spent do you know that they were there for not just a little bit of time and the owner of the ship and the captain of the ship who by the way really worked for the Roman government even though it was personally owned and privately owned they had a schedule to keep and they were supposed to arrive at Rome at a certain time and this time in the fair havens was not working out with their schedule they were ready to proceed on and do what they wanted to do because they thought that was best. Hmm. Wonder if you can get a lesson from that. When you're enjoying the fair havens of rest, peace, contentment, and respite with the Lord, and then what happens? We become restless. We think we need to move on. In fact, if we were to go back and look at the book of Judges, that cycle that the, that the people of Israel enjoyed, how that they would rebel against the Lord and the Lord would bring retribution and then they would repent and then the Lord would give them rest and then what did they do? They rebelled again. And so there was this vicious cycle that the people were on and a lot of times we're on that. Sometimes we get on our own schedule not remembering that God's timing is perfect. God will have you in the fair havens as long as He knows you need to be or should be in the fair havens. And yet we're we're anxious. We get discontent. I want to move on. Sometimes sometimes we, we allow our jobs to draw us away from the Lord. Well, you know, I can make more money over here. Whether it means that we have to forsake the Lord or we have to move from a place where there's a true church to serve the Lord, we, we're, we're discontent with the fair havens. And how many people have you known that have been a member of this church and they were led away by their own flesh. By the way, I don't say that everybody that left here was led away by their own flesh. I mean, there are people that were led away, I believe, by the leadership of the Lord. But there are also people that were led away by their own flesh. And we have no other conclusion than to make than to say that they were discontent with the fair havens. Nobody ever mentioned to me that they were discontent with serving here until they left. And then all of a sudden something happens and they get offended and they're discontent with the fair havens. Well, there was a delay. And then notice the danger. As Paul points it out in verses 9 and 10, he says, and when sailing was now dangerous. Well, the sailing season back in the days of Paul was literally from the 14th of September to the 11th of November. That's what it means in verse uh uh, nine, when he says, and when the sa- and when sailing was now dangerous, the sailing season was from the fourteenth September to the eleventh of November, and after that, no ships sailed. You make the application today, folks. There are things 
there are things that we don't do after a certain time frame. Okay? You you don't you didn't come to church today and say, now here we are on the 18th of December, and I don't know what the temperature is out there, but 20, 20 degrees, 30 degrees, something like that. You didn't say, you know, after the services today, I'm going to the beach. I'm gonna go swim. I'm gonna go take a I'm gonna go take a swim. Well, that would be rather dangerous, wouldn't it? You you could get hypothermia and you you could die actually from that. It's dangerous. Well, the same principle applied in the days of Paul where the ships did not sail after the sailing season, which was the 14th of September to the 11th of November. No ship sailed after that season. It was common sense and logic, you don't say. And then notice it says in verse 9, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous, because the feast was now already passed. The feast that's been talking about that's being talked about there was the feast of the great day of atonement. And at that time that feast would have happened about the fifth of October. And so you are placing you are placing the time in which the the captain and, and master of the ship would have been departing the fair havens after sailing season and it was no it was no reasonable sailor that would have ventured out during that time frame. You know what we do sometimes? We launch out into dangerous waters when it doesn't make any sense. We know we shouldn't do that. We know it's idiotic. In fact, Paul, in giving the warning, verse number 10, he says, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only to the lading and ship, but also of our lives. And a lot of times we risk not only our possessions, but our own health, and our own well-being emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically because we are discontented with the fair havens. And we know it's past sailing season, and yet we want to jump out on our own when it would be much better to stay and enjoy the fair havens. T. Gascon was a a congregationalist pastor who lived in the 1800s. He wrote this about the topic at hand. He writes, there were no noble features about these fair havens. No stupendous breakwater at Caesarea, no town near, no roadstead full of merchantmen. It was just a refuge for the storm-driven and hindered elsewhere. And so moderation and content form a haven of rest for many of the opposed ambitions of life. It wasn't anything that would have drew them to the fair havens. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like people said, hey, let's go to the travel agency and book a, 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 a leisure travel voyage, and they say, oh, well, well, we'll send you to the Fair Havens. No, that, that wasn't the Fair Havens. It wasn't some alluring place that people would go to. It was simply a place of refuge. And think about our Fair Havens. You know, we feel like we're missing out. And oh, we can't do this, and we can't do that. And so we, we voyage out of the fair havens and into the dangerous water, knowing and having been warned by God and Scripture that danger awaits, and we do it anyways. We ought to learn that lesson. Stay in the fair havens. Danger awaits if we become discontented with the fair havens. We see the warning not to leave the fair havens, but then notice that our own wicked will sometimes wins and will place us in grave danger. We see this in verses 11 and 12. Let's read verses 11 and 12. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship 
more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And so, think here, we're talking about that our wicked will sometimes wins, placing us in danger. They were warned not to do it. And they were determined they were going to do it anyways. Now here we think about the basis for them following their own will. And it's the same basis that often we rely on in following our own will. Now, we're going to get to verse 11 here in a minute, but I want to skip down to verse 12 first. Notice in verse 12 it says, The haven was not commodious to winter in. What does that mean? Well, the word commodious literally means suitable. The fair havens were not suitable to stay the entire winter. They were not suitable. And this was because the harbor in which the fair havens were located formed a gradually curving shoreline that ran from east to southwest. Now the problem with that is that it did not shelter ships from the wind in every direction. And the harbor shape sheltered ships from the northwest and the wind and the gales that were produced from the northwest, but it didn't protect them from all danger. In fact, this was proven in 1853. You can look this up yourself. It was proven that it was an unsuitable place to winter in. It was confirmed by explorer Captain T.A.B. Spratt, who sailed there and observed that the winter winds from the east and southwest blow right into the harbor. Now, what do we get from that? Well, because it wasn't exactly what they were looking for, they decided they were going to move on. And sometimes, when our fair haven is not exactly what we're looking for, we decide to move on. Hey, you know what? There is no perfect place here on this earth. Even when the Lord, and we read in Mark chapter number 4, even when the Lord was with the disciples in the ship, the rough wind still came. And we need to learn the lesson that danger awaits if we become discontented with the fair havens. Now, it is true that the fair havens were not suitable to winter in, but what was Paul's advice? Winter there. Stay there. Don't leave. Danger awaits if you leave. And so what happened? Well, now we get to verse 11. The basis was for following their own will was they didn't think it was suitable and it didn't, it didn't do exactly what they wanted. But notice in verse number 11 what happens when we believe our own will. In verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, I could preach for another hour on this topic, but I just want to remind you that last week I really preached on this topic. Remember, you remember last week's message? You don't. It's okay. But uh, uh, last week's message was entitled Terrible Advice. And it was taken from a passage in the book of Proverbs that says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. They were determined that they were going to do what they wanted to do in spite of sound godly advice. I wish I could give you... Uh, well, I, I mean, I could give you the names, but I won't. I... You know, I'm thinking back of people that have asked me to counsel with them in years gone by and really didn't want my counsel. 
They already knew what they were going to do. They just wanted me to approve of what they wanted to do. These people knew what they were going to do already. They already said that they were going to they were going to leave the Fair Havens because it wasn't suitable for them to winter in. And Paul had told them, "You better not do it. You better stay here." Now, what happened as a result of them uh, in verse number eleven? believing the master and the owner of the ship more than Paul. Well, I will say this, they should have stayed in the Fair Havens. Because now, read with me, read with me now verses 14 down through verse number 20. And by by design, we're not going to spend a lot of time on these verses. I simply want to read them so that you know what happened. So Paul says, don't leave the Fair Havens, even though they're not suitable for the winter. We should stay here. God will take care of us. It's the Fair Havens. Well, they didn't want to do that. They left. Now watch what happens. Verse 14. But not long after arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlanet. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands strake sail and so were driven and being exceedingly tossed with the tempest the next day they lightened the ship and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us all hope that we should be saved was then taken away you see what happens when you leave the fair havens Oh, you know what? The fair, this is not exactly what I signed up for. This is not the perfect situation. Yeah, it's a good report. It's the Fair Havens, but I'm leaving. I'm striking out for something better. I wonder how many people that have left the service of the Lord have actually found something better. Are they prospering in the service of the Lord? See, there's danger when you leave the Fair Havens. You get all discontented. You know, the preacher offended me and, you know, this person didn't do that or did do that. And I and it's not commodious to winter here. It's not suitable for me here. I'm launching out into the deep. Be careful. Danger awaits. I read this verse a few weeks ago. Actually, last week, but I read it again. It's actually found in Proverbs 14 and verse 12 and Proverbs 16 and verse number 25. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Now thankfully by God's grace and His providence for the Apostle Paul, they didn't lose their lives in this, in this situation that they were in, but that was only because of God's mercy and grace. Do not presume upon God's grace. Oh, I'm going to leave the fair havens and launch out into the deep. You might find yourself with all loss of hope. Did you notice there, it's like, it's like there was a perpetual darkness. Like there's no sun or stars or moon or anything, man. Be careful about leaving the fair havens. Danger awaits if you become discontented with the fair havens. And then the third and final lesson, found in verses 13 and 14. Don't allow deception to allure you from the fair havens. Do not allow deception to lure you. They, and when I say they, I'm talking about the master and the owner and the captain of the ship and all the other shipmates who also said, yeah, let's go, let's let's leave. They trusted in an aberration that led to them leaving the fair havens. Now watch, watch here. Notice the deception of appearance. 
in verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. Do you see what happened? Hey, look, the Lord is being favorable to us. The wind is not blowing. How many times have people made decisions to leave the fair havens based on appearance? Oh man, things are lining up perfectly. This has got to be the Lord's will because everything is just lining up perfectly. And so they leave the fair havens and launch out into the deep and what happens? Oh, that was an aberration. Could have been a test. Who are you going to trust? What are you going to trust? They thought the south wind softly blowing was a sign to move out from the fair havens. And you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was just the south wind blowing softly. Have you ever thought about that? Oh, man. You know, I, 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 I made toast this morning. And I made toast and, you know, I'm spreading the, the butter. And, man, there was the face of Donald Trump. It just appeared. That's got to be some sign that I, you know, Donald Trump needs to be president because, you know, I buttered my toast and it was Donald Trump's face. You ever think that, you know, it could have just been your butter on your toast and you're seeing things? Like, how many relics are there, you know? Man, you know, that was the face of Jesus on that. First of all, you don't know what the face of Jesus looks like. I reject the Shroud of Turin who paints Jesus as having long hair. Jesus didn't have long hair. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's what the Bible says. By the way, man, I'd like to get off and chase a rabbit today about the, the demasculation of men today. Where are our macho men? And when I say macho, I'm talking about men that just want to be men. Where Darlene and I were talking about working on the car, you know, and I was talking about how hard it is to to work on these cars the way they design them and she had gone and gotten something something for me from uh from uh AutoZone and I said hey when you were there were there many people there no there was nobody there well nobody works on their car anymore not that that means you're a macho guy you understand but 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 my goodness we have demasculated men today where you know the 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 modern man is some you know wimpy looking guy that's soft and they try to paint the Lord Jesus like that he wasn't like that alright I'm quit chasing that, that that rabbit but you get my point oh man I, I looked up and it was the face of Jesus no you're making things up oh the wind the south wind was blowing softly that's a sign that we're supposed to leave the fair havens and launch out Oh, the preacher said this, and, and he offended me, and that's a sign that I'm supposed to leave. Okay. How'd that work out for them? It was just the south wind blowing softly and nothing more. They were deceived by appearance. How often do we trust in signs that are only an aberration and we are deceived by appearance? You know, sometimes the harder place, now get this, Sometimes the harder place and the harder path can be the fair haven. <laughs> Does that make any sense to you? It wasn't commodious. It wasn't suitable for them to winter in the fair havens. And yet that was the fair havens where God wanted them. And we're so, so uh, wimpified. Oh, it's just so hard to do this. 
I must be going the wrong path. Well, you know what? Your path might be a little difficult and that's the fair havens for you. The deception of appearance and the danger of the allurement. In verse number 14, But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. Uh-oh. I guess we got that wrong. Maybe it wasn't the Lord's will that I leave the fair havens. The word Eurocladon in the, in the Greek is literally a violent agitation. <coughs> it was a typhoon wind that caused broad waves. Most, uh, most commentators that you read describe Eurocladon as a levanter. Now, we don't use that word today, do we? We talk about typhoons and, you know, and hurricanes and that type of thing and tsunamis. When's the last time you heard the phrase levanter used? Levanter is a Mediterranean wind that blows in all directions. And you know what happens when we leave the fair havens and God didn't tell us to? We get blown in all directions. I mean, we got it coming from, you know, it reminds me of when, <clears throat> when I played high school football and we had that drill where you'd have to get out in the middle and your teammates were in a circle around you and they'd call somebody's name and you'd have to be on your feet, you know, and this guy's going to come from behind. you got to look from behind and hit him, you know, and he's coming from all directions. And sometimes spiritually, we get it from all directions because we left the fair havens. We were deceived by appearance. We allowed deception to allure us from the fair haven. We're like what Paul wrote about in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 14 where the Ephesian church members were tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because there was no stability. Sometimes we get beaten in every direction because we left the fair havens. We're going to close by reading some verses in the book of Psalms. Psalms 107, in particular Psalms 107 verses 25 through 31. Psalms 107 verses 25 through 31. In Psalms 107, verse 25, For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the, uh, thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Man, listen. You get out on your own, you're deceived by appearance and alert away from the safe havens. God can bring up that storm. God can bring your in, in your life and you're buffeted on every side and you're brought to your knees and you just cry out, God, please... Take me back to the safe haven, to the fair havens. And what's it say here in Psalm 107, verse number 20, or verse number 30? Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. You know that place that's not suitable to winter in, and you get alert because the south wind is soft. You get out into, the, out into the deep, and those winds are beating up the, the waves, and they're beating against you in every direction. You can cry out to God and say, God, take me back to the fair havens. Just give me back to the fair havens. Joseph Addison was a pastor in the 1700s. I'm going to close with this quote. It's a little lengthy one, so bear with me. Addison wrote this. Think, O my soul, devoutly think, 
How with affrighted eyes thou sawest the wide extended deep in all its horrors rise. Confusion dwelt in every face and fear in every heart when waves on waves and gulfs on gulfs overcame the pilot's art. Yet then from all my griefs, O Lord, thy mercy set me free. Whilst in the confidence of prayer my soul took hold on thee. For though in dreadful worlds we hung high on the broken wave, I knew thou wert not slow to hear, nor impotent to save. The storm was laid, the winds retired, obedient to thy will. The sea that roared at thy command, at thy command, was still. In the midst of dangers, fears, and death, thy goodness I will adore, and praise thee for thy mercies past, and humbly hope for more. To hope for more of the fair havens. Drawn away. Allowed. Allowing deception to allure us from the fair havens. And God brings up that storm, Eurocladon, in our lives. And we cry out for the Lord to take me back to the fair havens. God is gracious and He does so. Paul in his journey to Rome, already acquitted. Yet he appealed to Rome and Caesar, so he had to go. He's on this dreadful journey, fraught with danger. And he winds up in the fair havens. So may we be in the dangers that we encounter in this life. God can and will bring us to the fair havens. We learned three lessons. You must go through difficulty to reach the fair havens. Danger will await you if you become discontented with the fair havens. We are not to allow deception to allure us from the fair havens. May God speak to your heart today and allow you to enjoy the fair havens. Let's pray.